It's time to transform your life through knowledge, creativity, and mastery. Delivered on the Focus 7 Daily Podcast with business expert and marketing guru, Lisa Fredrickson, you will hear interviews with some of the most thought-provoking mentors and professionals on a variety of topics. And now, your host and favorite learnaholic, Lisa Fredrickson. Good morning, listeners. Welcome to today's adventure. I'm Lisa Fredrickson, your host and incurable learnaholic. In this episode, we'll be discussing going rogue to find your freedom with the amazing Jackie Cote, freedom mentor and coach. Welcome, Jackie. We're so blessed to have you here with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I know this is going to be a blast because our first conversation was amazing. And thank your <laughs> yes. audience for being here too. I, I, I totally agree with you. Before we get started, I'd like to tell our audience a story. So once upon a time, there was a little girl who was born and raised in New Jersey in the 80s with seven older siblings. Being the baby should have had its benefits, but instead it left her with a pair of old shoelaces and the real world. Life would be placed on her shoulders at the early age of 16. After graduating in the 90s with a psychology-based degree, the resourceful young lady didn't want to grow up just yet, so she traveled the country before settling into a sassy job in the restaurant business. Then after 30 years of achievement and rising to corporate-level success, a door rudely slammed shut. The company had released her. So Jackie, would you tell us how that event affected your dreams and freedom? Yes. And can I use you to write my entire book? Thank you. I just want to say that because okay. that was amazing. <laughs> that was an amazing translation of what I've written. I was like, who's the story about? Oh, wait, that's me. <laughs> I love that. Love that. So yeah, that story when that let me go, the slamming of the door in my face was after that 30-year career of really loving the ability to help people and serve them and, and bring them to a new level. And I realized that was a gift of mine, being able to hold that gift of belief for people to get to that next level. And that was the best day of my life. And not in the first 20 minutes of that was not the best day of my life. <laughs> no. As you're escorted out of the building like a criminal and you're bawling and you're carrying your little box into the car. But I don't know about you, but I wear my tension in my shoulders and, mm -hmm. in, and, and literally like 30 minutes into the drive, my shoulders felt really soft and relaxed and I recognized it. And I was like, wait a second, that's a good sign. And it really yeah. was, it was this release of the three hour commute. It was a release of this and three hour the, commute. Oh my God. It was like an hour and a half each way. Sorry. Round trip. Oh, I see. That's still <laughs> <trip>. three hours, <laughs> especially when it's only 25 miles each way. You're like, oh why is it an hour and a half to get to D.C.? And it was because <sighs> it was in the D.C., Virginia area. And that release, I don't think I would have recognized and had that release if I hadn't two months earlier started to learn in this coaching world, because I met the coaching world two months earlier, about mm -hmm. being aware of myself, being connected with myself, learning more about myself, being with myself. And this other piece was seeing the possibility of what I could do with all of these gifts that I recognized that I had. And I didn't realize that there was a coaching world. I only knew football coach, <laughs> soccer coach. I had no idea there was this magical world of you can create a business of helping people do what you do in the corporate America and doing yeah. your own business. I had no idea. Like, seriously, no idea. So I had the possibility in front of me. 
I wouldn't have ever quit that job. That's another key point. I would have never have left the industry. And when they forced me, shut the door, slammed the door out of the industry, it helped me do a decision that I never mm-hmm. probably would have done on my own. Yeah. And I would have waited, would have waited, would have waited until I was safe and ready. And you know how when now, you're ready to get ready, they get ready. <laughs> in your career, before they've slammed the door, did you have feelings of wanting to do something else? Did you have any indication of what you were missing or, or where things you wanted to go and they weren't going there? I mean, were- yeah, I was always, I will say that I was the one kid out of those eight, but me and the seven others that had this absolute urge to be an entrepreneur, wanted my own business. My dad had his own business. The challenge with my dad's business. It's in the was blood. My, yeah. But it scared the heck out of the kids because yeah. his business went up and then went bankrupt. It went up, it went bankrupt. And we watched all the struggle, but I was still the crazy one who was like, I still want it. I don't know, but I want it. <laughs> so yeah. I always wanted that, but I, it took until my forties and, and the story that we just heard for me to take the leap because I think that, I think I did multi-level marketing at one point. I think I did Primerica uh-huh. at one point, tried those and it wasn't aligned with me. And I stayed with the job, stayed with the safe, the career, the the benefits, the, you know, the salary yeah, and the, the safe thing. Net, to do. Yeah. Yeah. Like the brain was like, let's stay safe. <laughs> and I always, I did always want that to the, and I'm the only kid who left Jersey. So like after college, I went home for a year and I was like, nah, I don't want to do this. I want to move. I want to travel. I want to see the world. So I always had that in my blood too. And didn't realize until now that I have this like freedom theme my entire life of wanting to like not be in a box, live free of whatever parameters and rules and all that stuff. But I didn't really see it until now. (laughs) That's such an awesome story. So I tell a lot of stories. So the the other day, my chickens and a lot of those stories revolve around my chickens. But um, they had this. I love that. They had this unfortunate experience with a feral cat. She'd gotten into the backyard and had chased them around. And when I went out there to save them, they all went into the coop. The next day I come out and it's a beautiful day. They should be outside. All eight of them are lined up in the coop and just sitting there like they are never going to go outside again. <laughs> and I, so, so I literally asked, are you guys not going to go outside? And Esme's, who's the head chicken, she says in an audible, no. And she shakes her head. And I mean, I'm not even kidding you. She said, no. <laughs> I love it. I believe so, it. So I want to know from you as a coach. How do you help people overcome their shaken faith when you're going into these things and we want freedom like you have, and, and gosh, you're a brave soul. How do we pull that faith back into us after having adverse experiences? Mm, that's a great question. And I can remember some pivotal points for myself that hit that. But the biggest thing that I learned through those is that it's kind of neuroscience along with the woo-woo because <laughs> the woo-woo was not part of my life four years ago. <laughs> the first book that was given to me was Gabby Bernstein's The Universe Has Your Back. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but it opened my eyes. And now, I, now I'm now i like, ooh, Miss Woo-Woo. But uh, I started to understand. So if you're someone who needs to understand the why and the things behind it, the brain only can function on the known. And it knows the past and the mm-hmm. past experiences and all the stories and all that stuff. And, but we can't change that. Uh-huh. So we get to take what we like from the past, put it in our little suitcase and carry it forward. But then it also is very good at knowing based on what you put into it with the future worries. So a lot of times we like to live in like, well, if I do this, 
I could lose all my money, like lose my house, live in a cardboard box. Like we can paint this gorgeous worry picture. That's not so gorgeous. And the third place that I discovered that I didn't really truly realize I kind of was doing, but not so strongly as I do now is the future desires. And so the brain will function and create that future worry for you over and over. Do you ever have like, why has this always happened to me? Well, it's because yes. you're always thinking about it and you know it. And the brain's like, I'm going to find every way to make this true for you because yeah. what you think and believe. But the future vision of your desires was not something we're trained to do. Like we're not encouraged and trained to be like, okay, paint the picture and stand in it as if it's already happened. If you told me that four years ago, I'd be like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Now it's like that gives the brain the ability to function and find all the ways for that to happen. So if your future desire is to have a funny story about chickens is to have a ranch with, I wrote this out and I drew the picture, a ranch with horses and chickens and dogs and a pool and, and all the things. And and I didn't ask for goats, but I got goats too. So in the RV living, we went across the country (laughs) and we, uh, we got hit in Texas. Our RV got hit. So we had five months of waiting for that to get repaired. And my friend had a um, RV site on her full hookups on her property. So she's like, come Uh stay with us. Guess what her house is? It's a Texas (laughs) ranch with chickens, with horses, with a pool, like everything. And it's Isn't that crazy how energy just manifests itself after we start thinking about it? And I liken this to when I used to say, I'm a klutzy person. And I would run into every wall, table, chair, person, purse on the floor, you name it. And my friend, Linda Lane taught me, she's like, just reprogram your brain. I'm like, but I I think it's in our family. I think we're just klutzes. And she says, no, it's in your brain. And so I started telling myself, I am a delicate, you know, dancing type person (laughs) and I will dance around everything. And most of my brain, believe me, uh, everyone's (laughs) thought I still run into a door. (laughs) Yeah. The bull in the China shop was my title for a while. (laughs) It was my story. I'm always bumping into things. Yeah, because you tell your brain you're always bumping into things. So, of course, you are. (laughs) I love that story. So, there's a saying, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Now, many people would consider that if you dream and leap like you're talking about, that being reckless and doing, and I'm not calling what you did reckless, but I'm just saying the world looks at it sometimes as reckless, which is why we're talking about you being a rogue. And that you only succeed because of luck. You would have failed normally, but you're one of those lucky people. What would you say to that person who's, you know, the naysayer? Well, I'd say that I used to feel the same way. And Uh I used to be the, well, you know, they get to have that because they have the family that has the money or this and that because their money was a big story for me. And Uh I would say, well, that's just, it is what it is. I no longer Uh use that saying. It uh-huh. is what it is because it, it is what you decide it to be. Yes. And what I've experienced is that we attract and bring into our lives and receive what we believe we're worthy of. Mm-hmm. And whenever there's slapping the Big Mac truck that's going by right now. And that's the RV life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and by the way, to our audience, she's an RVer and enjoying the, the freedom of that life style and so sometimes background noises happen <laughs> yeah and i and I, that's why i always like tell people before we get on one i'm like okay this is my life as long as you're cool with that <laughs> we are just so cool much with fun. That. <laughs> <laughs> i know you are and and that's what i love about you so if you if you want to call it luck 
then that's great. And and as long as it's something that you want more of and you can put into your brain and, and feel, and it's not just putting the thoughts in like, I am this, I, I am statements. Like they're great. Affirmations are great. But if you don't feel them, uh-huh. the energy, you will not attract and rewire the belief because how you rewire a neural pathway in your brain is repetition uh-huh. with elevated emotion. And so if I'm constantly telling myself that I'm a, we'll use the klutz one, right? I'm a klutz, I'm a bull in the china shop, I'm a telling and telling and telling and telling it. And the energy is like high because our family, we're all klutzes. And so of course the energy is high. So that's what we believe. But if we want to rewire that, like your friend said, it's like, say what you desire to be. I'm a beautiful butterfly who dances around all and lands and, 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 you know, da, 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 da. You say that enough time with elevated fun and emotion, the neural pathway changes. Yes. And that's science. But then and I have the, less bruises to prove it. Right? <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I was told, by the way, I was told for years I'm not organized by my bosses. I'm not oh, organized my. enough. I'm not organized enough. I'm not organized. Even though, like, I had the best numbers in the industry. Like, every restaurant I worked for had the best numbers. I fixed all the, the messed up restaurants. I wasn't organized enough. So I believed that it was struggle for me here. It was going to be a struggle in this business because I'm not organized enough. And then I realized... What wasn't organized in their mind, in their story, was uh-huh. their version of my story and not my version. My version is my magic is in the final minute. Like, I literally will decide what to do in a talk, like, the hour before the talk. I used to write my papers right before, and I'd get A's. If I did them ahead of time, I wouldn't get really good grades at all. But <laughs> I, and, and I just now I own that that's my magic. The way I do things is my magic and the way that fits perfectly to the way and aligned with me. Actually, your way is scientific. Just a lot of people don't know about it. I I teach a lot of time management. And one of the things that I teach is Parkinson's law, which is, in my opinion, I've renamed it uh, planned procrastination, which is a very sophisticated way to manage your time. (laughs) Oh, I want to hear more about that. I know that's not the (laughs) time. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's actually, there's a... There's scientific proof behind even the way you organize. We just are all different in how we do things. So it's, it's yes. neat that that you recognize that. So when you took steps to make your coach, uh, by the way, it's coaching. Uh, I don't know if we even covered that topic a whole lot, except for very quickly at the first. <laughs> I'm kind of skipping ahead here. <laughs> but the thing is that you went on to, to do coaching and RV life. And so they can go watch a a whole bunch of other shows about that. You have a lot of interviews on YouTube and podcasts. And so I admonish our audience to go there. But when you took steps to make your coaching dream a reality, what was your most difficult moment and why were you able to overcome it? Mm. So I have this mechanism in me that is like, I will see the fear and do it anyway. Like, so that's a get, like, that's something. And I think that came, I really do. I wired, that was wired early on because I had to like seven years old. I really started taking care of doing my own laundry. There was nobody around to ask the questions. I'm like, what do I do? And I'm like, well, I got to figure out what to do. I'll, I'll, I'll push the buttons and I'll make the decisions. So I have this. And I think also with my human design and other things, like I have this decision-making very quick decision-making process, which is an advantage for me now. I was, I was doing all the things and I was going for it and whatever, like whatever the fear was, I'm like, ah, throw fear out the window. Like I'll meet with people. I'll tell people what I do. I'll make stuff up, fly by the seat of my pants and all of that. And then six months into working with my one-on-one coach, I looked at her and I was like, I am tired and I am making no money. What is going on? (laughs) So 
<laughs> we had gone through a lot of healing and we found a lot of stories, but here's a, here, there's two that really pivoted my business. One uh-huh. was, one was the, oh, let's talk about your sessions with people. I was like, oh my gosh, they're magical. They're having breakthroughs, all of this like awesome stuff. And I'd be high-fiving them at the end and I'd leave them in the friend zone. I'd never make an offer. Well, why uh-huh. was I making an offer, right? You got to make an offer right. to get money, to, to, to receive right. money in exchange and yada, yada. It was because of you, you're going to love this one. I'm so independent that if you give me money, you're helping me become successful and I don't need any help because then I'm going to got it, girl. Oh. And I take care of everything myself. Oh my gosh. It was, it was, <laughs> so, it was so bad. Excuse my language, bad shit crazy out loud. But when I heard it, I was like, oh my God, that's so, so me. Like I was this, nobody's got, nobody's here to help me. I got to take care of it all. I will carry my own suitcase. I will do all my things myself. I got it. I got it. I got it. Cause I really did since I was seven in my brain, right. Right. but we have this, you know, universal source, higher power, God, whatever you believe in. We have that. And I never gave credit to that. And then there's so many people to like support us on this journey that we don't like, I didn't really recognize. And so as soon as I learned that story, it was like flip and I started making money like instantly the next month because I made offers. Go figure. It's a, it's a concept. <laughs> um, the second <laughs> so, one. Oh, go ahead. So I'm going to back it up for our audience for a minute. What I'm hearing from you just kind of over and over is reprogramming our own brain and, and opening up possibilities. We hearing that basically when we've had bad experiences, we're closing off that possibility closing off the thinking of possibilities and as we do certain things that a coach can take us through we can reframe and and open doors that are closed and enjoy things we've never enjoyed before yes yes i being the um storyteller that you are it's, it's just like rewriting it's just rewriting your story like what story do you want it to be moving forward what do you want to and i call it in my system is awaken. So awaken Uh inside what maybe is dormant, what's always been there because as a kid, we were fearless and we had all the the (laughs) ways of like, I I mean, I was a doctor, I I was a teacher, I was a, I was a chef (laughs) with muds and worms. I was amazing. And then boxes started to form, right? But then we want to empower through communicate, learning communication and boundaries and all the other stuff and empowering that awakened leader inside of you. And then you want to own the heck out of her or him. And I just, Uh I just, I mean, when I mean own, it's like unapologetically own, like the organization story, like own that's your magic, own who you are, like, and, but it takes some of the stages of awakening and learning who you are, because we forget. Yeah, we forget. And I think we need that guide or the mentor in our life, because we're not really an honest voice with ourselves. I mean, I don't know you, what you're talking. I don't know what you're talking not about. You, but, but the rest of us. <laughs> no, it's so true. I avoided me. I didn't even hear my voice for 30, 40 years. I remember how much I would create so much noise and so much clutter and, and busyness and working. And when I finally, in this journey, the one of the hardest things for me, but the best things I ever did was learn how to be with myself. I overcame an eating That's disorder. Awesome. Because that was the way I processed anger and loneliness was through that, mm-hmm. through that action. It kept me safe for like 30 years. It kept me safe, kept me sane. Nobody knew about it. It was just uh-huh. a way for me to manage and emotionally regulate myself. And when I discovered that I can do that with my own power without having to take those actions and have other ways, that disappeared. I mean, it just, it, went, it was no longer needed. And yeah. so we get to 
recognize and be aware. It's a first step to all change, awareness. And then when we hit the awareness of what it is, we get to go, huh, I love this statement. Just (laughs) curious, no judgment. I look at everything with curiosity and no judgment because immediately what do we do? We're like, oh, why would you think that? You're such, you know, a dumbass. Like we go through beating ourselves up. Does that serve anything? No. So it's just curiosity, no judgment. And then you get to pick a different thought. You get to pick a different choice of where you want to go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to peel back another layer of of who you are here because I understand you own a little breakfast and lunch place, the kind of place that everyone feels like they're home in front of good cooked meals with familiar friends all around. So with that picture in mind, I want our audience and I want you to answer how would you say this type of environment relates to the environment you help your clients create? Like you've managed to create this beautiful place, the freedom, the adventure, all the different things. How do you help your client also achieve that? Because they're not going to have all the same problems you had and Mm -hmm. they're going to be a little leery even of coaching. They may not have even known what coaching was like. I did. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And it sounds like some of the coaching might be even a little painful or scary. How do we, how do we come out of that with the beautiful picture that you've created for yourself and the other people? What first comes to mind is like, let your flame be bigger than your fear. You know, let the design, you know, like, and I love fire and I love burning stuff. Can you you say that again for our audience though? Let let your your flame. flame be bigger than your fear. Because fear is just part of life. And that's, and I'm grateful for fear because it has that moment of like, okay. And and the nervousness and that stuff Mm -hmm. you get in your tummy, excitement's the same feeling. Yeah. Just turn that into like excitement. And, but I always have, you know, my (laughs) biggest flame was in the beginning. Once I got let go from the job and I experienced some time off, I was like, once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. I was Mm -hmm. never going back. I was like, I will do anything it takes to never go back to being working for somebody else. So one is determination. You you develop that determination and flame in them. And you, but you need the, you need the vision. And I know that's how the hardest part for a lot of people in the beginning, but you need to know that you, you you need to have desires. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I know that I'm really good at helping people pull out. Of like, yeah. what is it that you desire that you're just not letting yourself, like you're, not let, <laughs> you're not letting yourself bring it out. And well, when they and, have and that, I, I'm going to, I'm going to pause you for one second because I can see our audience going, well, how can she tell me about something I don't even know is there? But when I, and this is the coaching process, I used to coach people who were in fiction writing and I would often get people who would, they were writing one book and I would totally change them over to something else that, and it would be something they wanted. They just didn't know that they wanted. One of my clients wrote these true stories about her little dog. I turned her into a cozy mystery writer. And when we first started, (laughs) she, she's like, Oh, I don't know if I can write that. And then she did. And and then I'm like, you're going to write eight books. And she's like, you're kidding. You're crazy. (laughs) You're insane. So now we're on book nine. (laughs) <laughs> and and she's just that. taking a trip to Greece <laughs> and she's like I don't even know how you created this monster but this is that process of when a coach is there and you have such great energy and I can tell you're empathic with people 
you can reach in and help them even pull out that information that they don't even know is there. And we help ignite the flame. It's their flame, but we yeah. help ignite it. So. I call it like something that I used to teach when I was in leadership in the restaurant industry was the art of questions to help people mm-hmm. think differently because we can't tell people what to do, right? It's not, it's mm-hmm. not our stuff. Like she said, like the, but you ask enough questions to get people to think a little differently. And it's magical. <laughs> Those of you in leadership, ask your employees enough questions to get them to say what you want them to say and think. And it's their idea. They will walk through fire for it. But if yep. you tell them to do it, <laughs> they will blame you later on when the it doesn't psychology work. psychology of change. <laughs> oh my gosh. The art of, 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 of magical questions. So, but that's really like, and you've heard the saying too of like, there's a jar, you're in it. You can't read your label. We're able mm-hmm. to help read the label by asking yeah, you questions. Example. And when you're stuck in the jar, you're like, how do I read my ingredients? Or how do I read what's next? You can't. And that's <laughs> what we can see. I always picture myself in my own cup. But my cup says Jackie Cote coaching. So, yes, I, I love it. It's a great example. I'm going to drag us another direction because I just have wonderful answers to everything. Why does releasing ourselves to our dreams and our freedom allow growth in our personal relationships and uh, i know this is a tangent off on on this but i also know that you've had experience with this so (laughs) how does our personal i mean how does our growth affect our personal relationships is that what yeah the question yeah (laughs) so great story (laughs) when i started this journey i when i got let go from the job i wasn't really paying attention to my life like what i realized when my shoulders got soft and i got really eased up on the, by the drive home I realized I looked up when I got home and I was like my boyfriend and I were separated in two separate rooms we were on the verge of breaking up my health had been a disaster and I didn't realize it I was ignoring it I was constantly getting sick because I was traveling for the company that I was with that let me go a lot I was just not happy not happy and when I was at that point i been two months into the coaching and I had learned a lot about the healing process and this and that but I was still new to it and I remember just having the conversation of with him going, you know what, on this process, like I need to heal me and you need to do you. And if we're still standing in the end, great. <laughs> if we're not, great. And I know it's really like I said it much nicer probably than that. But it was it was this realization that like I didn't love myself. I didn't really engage with myself whatsoever. When we were talking earlier, like I seriously avoided myself at all costs. And uh-huh. I didn't want to spend time with me. So I took that time, the first six months, just to heal me. I vacationed a lot. I took lots of walks. I took a lot of like self-care. And that was something that was unheard of. It's two weeks a year in your job. That was all I ever got yeah. for, for 30 years. And so when you do the inner growth for yourself, it's funny because I thought it was like, when I hired my coach, I was like, show me how to build a business. <laughs> and that first like nine months, I was like crying every day. I'm like, what is this? This is not part of a business. But if I didn't heal, right? I was like, That's a good coach though. <laughs> <laughs> She's amazing. She's amazing. And it wasn't the, the partnership of her being able to help me read my label and, and help me heal and help me see the things that I couldn't see. Like we talked about earlier, I wouldn't be here today. I'd probably be back at a job. I probably would have mm-hmm. given up or something, but that's the importance of that mentorship side by side with you as you walk together in this journey. She never once told me what to do. That's, she helped me cool. see, right? We were so compatible because we're very similar in our coaching styles too, which was great. <laughs> but I was like, I want what you have. And then like nine months in, I was like, 
I don't want to cry as much as I'm crying. Could you like not? Could you help me not cry? But it was releasing and healing, and then it helped all the things. <laughs> so, so my relationship, you know by the way, we're together four years later. He's the one I'm in this 44 foot box with. So hence, yeah. you work on you, everything else gets easier. Everything. <laughs> so what's interesting about that is how literally opening the doors of our mind to to go after some things that we want and to have some freedom and adventure helps us to um, be helps our relationship with other people in the sense that we're a better person so the whole process is is actually healing in many different ways boy the time is going by fast isn't it <laughs> so to, to close i just wanted to talk about this a book that I read called Psycho-Cybernetics by Maxwell Maltz. It's a really good book about the brain and the programming, and he's a plastic surgeon. And he talks about, at the very beginning of his book, he talks about how he operates and does plastic surgery on them. And he had two situations where the, the person, had, I think it was a cleft lip. It's been a while since I've read it, so I could be getting this wrong. But he says that he healed up that lip and the person was like, oh, I look so beautiful. And it was an absolutely perfect job. He, he did the best that he could and things like that. But then he had other people who he would fix a minor problem on their nose or something. And they would afterwards look in the mirror and still see the same imperfections and problems that they had before, even though in the mirror, he was looking and going, you look different <laughs> and you've been made into your looks are different. So my question is, is how does jumping off a cliff and becoming a full-time coach and RVer and all that kind of stuff, how has it taught you the difference between internal versus external happiness? <laughs> and also, I know you have a piece on this that's a freebie for people. And I want to make sure that our our audience knows where that is so that they can get that from you. Mm, such a good question. You know, I love this stuff. <laughs> so, I just get so giddy. Like, I, you just see, if you could see me, my hands are like, not only because I'm, yeah, that, and I'm also cold because it's raining out. But no, oh, there you go. Um, you can rub your hands together for one. <laughs> so, yeah, one of the biggest ahas for me was, I, I read this book called The Illusion of Money by Kyle Cease. And you think it's about money and you go into it and it's all about the illusion of the external versus the internal, how we think. And, and I kind of, I knew this like logically, like kind of, but we still were always taught to set goals for the external thing, the weight loss, the money, the, the house, the car, whatever, set the goals. And then in the end you get there and like for a second, and there's a great picture, a couple pictures on Facebook or on, on the internet of the girl who was heavier and then the girl who's thin and like, well, that didn't work. You know, yeah. there's like the little bubble over her head. It's because the external thing will never satisfy the internal love, safety, and belonging. Love, safety, and belonging is the foundation of what we desire. And when we go for external things to try to fulfill the holes in that love, safety, and belonging, it never works. But when you can fill those internally, intentionally, through the journey of the feelings and the experiences, like you get to stand in what it is you desire today. You get to feel it. You get to sense it. You get to, I like to say, smell it. Like if you're desires to be in Italy, like you smell the Italy, you know, you get to yeah. get all those senses and feel it. 
because that is what is filling. So no matter how long it takes you to get to Italy, no matter whatever, when it happens, because we can't control the when and the how, you're going to enjoy the journey along the way and have fun doing it and feel Uh it. And that's the journey with my clients and with myself. That's what it's all about is like, let's enjoy the journey. And then it's amazing how things happen so much easier. The external things happen so much easier when you're fulfilled from the inside out. And so the internal goal is love, safety, and belonging. The external things are just byproducts of that, you know, for for what it is. But they can never satisfy the internal. And that's why the example that you gave, it's like, well, this isn't what makes you happy. Maybe for a second, you get that excitement and you're like, oh, okay, what's next? (laughs) You know? Yeah. That's why I'm passionate about the internal, the internal needs being fulfilled. That's cool. Where can they get a hold of your, I think it's a free video, is it? Yeah, it's a, it's called Intentional Goal Setting with Coach Jackie. And, and we'll is, have the link below in the description, but I just wanted to make sure that they knew that they had that yeah, availability. Awesome. Appreciate that. And it's like, well, you click on it, you'll get the 30 minute video. And it's me, of course, right where it's on up the porch that I'm doing this interview with Lisa, but it's <laughs> it's in my RV, go figure. But it's all about the intentional goal setting I do because back in corporate America, we were taught smart goals, specific, uh-huh. measurable, achievable, realistic, time sensitive. But the biggest missing piece in that was the fun part of and the intention behind it and having the fun along the way. So I teach you a method of like, Yes, markers, crayons, your choice, and drawing out, like writing out with colors, and like I take the month name in the center, and this blew some of my type A personality clients. They were like, what? We're going to color our goals? (laughs) And I was like, yes, we're going to use colors. I love it. (laughs) You're going to try it at least once, and now they do it every month. But every month we set these, and and the intentions are like all the senses and the feelings and the way to the goal. And then the external goal can be on there, like the $10,000 a month or whatever it is that you desire. Uh-huh. But what's all of the stuff that you want to experience to get the 10000 Like, what are you going to enjoy? What are you going to feel? What are you going to smell? What are you going to taste? What are you going to see? What are you going to All that stuff. And so that video yeah. explains that. And if you want to go deeper, then there's a link that you can connect with me. There's a connect That's call awesome. link after that. That's terrific. We're so grateful for you being here. Before we go, is there anything you'd like to leave the audience with any thoughts my biggest passion and if you do decide to friend me on facebook uh, that's where my whole life is it's a digital diary of me it's my passion is to just help people not wait to create that freedom life like stop waiting turn it into a reality now i like to call it a retirement lifestyle making money doing it like live it like (laughs) don't wait until you're 65 whatever do it now and you get to have it all you it's not a this or that it's a this and that yeah. And although abundance isn't the end goal necessarily, it's part of that freedom that comes from opening up your mind to possibilities. So. Yes. Abundance is a mindset. It's not a, it's so, not, not just a tangible thing. I like to point that out, that it's it's it a is. mindset. It's not the, I'm abundant with money. And, and <laughs> no, it's right now you get to feel abundant. Right. The other thing is I'd love to have you back on to talk about your RV life yes. and outdoor. We got to do that. But before we go, in case our audience doesn't believe in science or science isn't enough and, the, and they're more in the spiritual side of things, I want to leave with one thought. And that is that if you don't believe in reframe, in framing and the energy that creates things, 
then go to the scriptures where John says that the world was framed before it was created by God. Because mm -hmm. obviously, there's some power in that. <laughs> I so, think that's wonderful. <laughs> well, folks, it's time in the show when we count our blessings for being together and thank the Lord for providing us with the talent that enlightens the mind and inspires the soul. Till next time, remember that life is an adventure teeming at, with majestic mountains of experience waiting to be explored and rivers flowing with wisdom, beckoning us to drink deeply from their cool waters. Thank you for sharing in our adventure today and stay safe. God bless.